Uh, kia ora koutou, uh, tenei uh, te mihi uh, nui, uh, kia koutou. Um, welcome again to our uh, podcast, Who You Come Home podcast, and we are on week, t- the second week, or the second book review, a book review of two Walter Brueggemann books. Is it Brueggemann or Brueggemann? I don't know. I would say Brueggemann. Would you? Brugge- or would Brugge- I say Brueggemann? I don't Brugge- know. I'd say Brueggemann. Okay, well, let's just know. say Walter Brueggemann. Um, so uh, last time Erin did the book The Land, and today um, it's... It's your turn. My turn. Yeah, what, what 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 book do you have for us today, <laughs> Jefferson Uruka? Okay, um, so the book I read, uh, it's called Chosen, with a question mark, uh, Reading the Bible Amid the Israeli-Palestinian Conflict. Ooh! Dun, 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 dun. So when I was reading The Land, yes. the whole time I'm reading The Land, I'm going, oh, come on, tell me what you think about Israel and Palestine, Brueggemann, tell me what you think. How does this work? How does this work? And right. so I was pretty stoked that there was a book. And he's what, is this, he wrote this recently. Yeah, this is a fairly, um, uh, uh, I think 2015. A recent book, yes. It's so, also a much smaller book than yeah, the man. Um, a couple of things. Yeah, this is published by Westminster John Knox Press. Um, can't even find the date. Oh, yeah, 2015. Couple of things. So, with what, what what sort of spurred me to read this was Donald Trump moving the Israel, <laughs> really <laughs> the American laughs. Um, Donald Trump moving the uh, embassy, the United States embassy, um, oh, yeah. to Jerusalem, and of course all the conflict that has stirred up with that, and you know the Palestinians um, protesting and. Um, Palestinians going in the no-go zone and was it nine? I can't. Sorry, I can't remember how many were killed. All this sort of stuff. So, um, I guess I, I read this on the basis of I need to inform as best as I can my Christian ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is. I have been raised in Christianity my entire life, uh, and I've been raised in a home that reads the Bible, that reads Scripture. The Bible is the story of Israel, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, and therefore, it is the story of Israel in a, um, in, a, in, a, in a positive light, and also in a, you know, in, in a negative light. But essentially, I carry you, you just by the fact that you live and breathe in a Christian context, then you are automatically formed opinions mm. about Israel. Yeah. That Israel was God's chosen people. Um, and Ch- so chosen question mark? Chosen question mark. So, yeah. So, I, I, I I'm guess... I'm assuming he, they were chosen, but that's a yeah, chosen question yeah, mark. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, f- for sure. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, I mean, yeah, before, before we get into that, but yeah. It was more about that, you know, I just carry that assumption is that Israel was God's chosen people and then so no matter what Israel does or yeah. not necessarily no matter what, oh, God's into that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or, 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 now, now I, I'm, in, you know, I'm admitting my own blind spots here to go, I, you know, I, I also haven't looked deeply into it 
a lot of the times because of the conflict. There's two reasons because mm. of the conflict, and two. Just want um, to stay, stay out of the I, conversation. I, 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 I want to stay out of it. Yeah, oh. and I do, and I do think that man, Israel's. That's Jesus's gig, <laughs> you know. I live in New Zealand, so New Zealand will be my gig, uh, <laughs> right? Well, not putting me on par with Jesus. Say, Jesus not putting me on par with Jesus, but, <laughs> but I just figure that well, he's Jew. I'm not, you know. Yeah, uh, that kind of the two um, hard basket. Yeah, bit, maybe? yeah. The two, both well, both the two hard basket, and also I do have a pet peeve. Um, and sorry if. Sorry for those that might like me but might not like what I'm about to say. Um, I, I do have a pet peeve where I go into New Zealand churches um, and people wave the Israeli flag, a Jewish flag, and people wave or might blow the shofar or, or whatever whatever reason, but these people don't know the story of Aotearoa. In other words, Christianity in New Zealand has a a deeper interest in the story of Israel than it does having in the story of our own nation to which we live in. Yeah. So that has caused me to go, look, Israel's Israel's gig. Yeah. Um, New, uh, New Zealand and God's interest from, you know, in what New Zealand is, I, I, I want to be all about that. Now, again, that's, there is, there is a, deep, terrible assumption to that idea as well because I can't just lock myself off from A, being a reader yeah. of the Bible and B, being a member yeah. of a global community. Yeah. I just can't, you know, I don't have that right. I know, I know. Right? But um, so, so anyway, finding this book, which you found for me, or you happen to go, did. hey, look what I found. So this book I got off um, Book Depository. Book depository. Yeah. So if anyone Easy wants it, find. you can go and just... Download it, buy it today. Pretty cheap. Actually, it's probably here in New Zealand too. New yeah. Zealand books. But anyway, um, I found it. It's a really small book. Um, it is big type. It, look, like fifty six. It, it is fifty nine pages. Four chapters, fifty nine pages. Big type. Really easy read, yet so so dense with such brilliant ideas. So, um, I, I, yeah, I, I found this book to be incredibly helpful so even though I'm giving you this book report or book review I, I, I'm, it's not like I know this book inside out even though it's so deep this has just been so helpful for me um, tell so, yeah. me because I'm dying to read this book and I feel <laughs> yeah. like I'm not allowed to read it until <laughs> you do your little review um, so yeah a couple of things so there's there's like I said there's four chapters um, uh, chapter one is reading the bible amid the Is- Israeli-Palestinian conflict Chapter two is God's chosen people, claim and problem. So the claim of that and the problem with that. Chapter three is about the holy land, question mark, is it a holy land? And four, he delves delves into the question of uh, Zionism. So what Zionism is today, a political yeah. slash almost um, terrorist, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, Uses the claims of Zionism, so Zionism and modern Israel. So, wow. so anyway, so they're the other, so the other four chapters. Oh, so do I get to ask questions now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so who, so so, um, who does Jerusalem? Who who gets to have Jerusalem? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. The, who does Jerusalem belong to? Doesn't say that. Oh, either. okay. Doesn't say um, that. Where it, did Trump do do good in moving the embassy? Doesn't answer that. Okay, at all. shoot. Um, 
<laughs> Should I just um, dig? <laughs> I was. Maybe you could ask questions off some of the things. That okay, I want to okay, talk okay, about. okay. So, um, oh, look, I the first chapter is pretty interesting. Um, reading the Bible amid the Israel-Palestinian conflict. Um, here, this is. Uh, Can you give us a quote? Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, what have we got here? He goes, the rich and multi-voiced offering in the Bible is what makes uh, uh, appeals to it, which is what makes appeals to it so tempting, and yet so tricky and hazardous because much of our reading of the Bible turns out to be an echo of what we thought anyway. Right? <laughs> right? That so can be words, applied to pretty much anything. Yeah, we read our own. <laughs> we read what we want um, to read. So I'll read this other long quote about <laughs> okay. this. He says, clearly it is not simply exegesis that determines how we read the Bible. Rather, it is our vested interests, our hopes, and our fears that largely determine our reading. And because the reach of the gracious God, and because the reach of the gracious God of the Bible is toward the other, mm. we ought rightly to be skeptical and suspicious of any reading of the Bible that excludes the other, because it is because it is likely to be informed by vested interest, fears and hopes that serve self-protection and end in self-destruction. Dang. Palestinians and Israelis' fear of the other, said to be grounded in the Bible, mm -hmm. has been transposed into a military apparatus that is aimed at the elimination of the other. Right? It is wholly illusionary to imagine that such an agenda is congruent with the God of the Bible, who is commonly confessed by Jews and Christians. Man, I just wonder if you should just read the whole book to us. Um, <laughs> so I think, yeah. Yeah. So in your own words, that yeah, is um, saying um, what? A, a, a couple of things. What's here. exegesis, by the way? Right, exegesis is what we pull out of the scripture. Okay. Right. Um, um, what are we pulling out of the text? But essentially what he's saying well, hold is... Hold on, isn't the text just the text? Can't you just literally read what's Well, there? what he's saying is that we are putting, you might want to say, eisegesis, what is putting into the text. Yeah. So we we read the text not so much of what is pulling out from the context and from the culture, yeah. but what we put in it. So we're putting our self-invested interest in it. So for example, when I, my uninformed assumptions about Israel was, oh, well, it's Israel, it's God's chosen people, therefore yep. Israel can do no wrong, yep. right? Or, what, yep. or whatever. Um, Palestinians automatically might equal the enemy in a Christian's perspective. Yep. Israel might equal... When, when I say Christians, I don't mean... I mean a really, really shallow view of Christianity yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, okay. um, so um, I think what he's saying... Um, and then the other thing that he's saying is that to follow God is not about self-interest. Ooh. It's about the interest of the other. Right? In other words, God, like he's, uh, another quote he goes on to here later on is that God chooses us or chooses so that you might choose the other. Wow. So that you might see beyond your, essentially see beyond your chosenness yeah. to serve the other person, to serve the other culture. Why isn't, Christi why isn't Christianity known as 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 that? Wouldn't that be beautiful? Again, that's where, uh, you know, on the surface level, it's not. You know, on a cultural level, particularly in the West, it's not. It's not 
by but we do out have lots other. of yeah. deep beautiful but stories deep, of that yeah but in the in the depth of I mean you know and I just go to the Salvation Army anyway yeah. you just look at the Salvation Army now the country will fall to bits without the Salvation Army yeah you know, informing public policy, informing social housing, informing, you know... Yeah, all about the, the other... The just the, distribution yep. of wealth. You know, the, the Sally's are doing incredible work. So anyway, but that's a... I, I digress. So, um, yeah, so um, I guess the first thing was a challenge. You know, he was challenging us in how we read the Bible. Okay, You know, yep. and putting our self-interested in it sort of thing yeah. so basically our temptation is to kind of like go, what is God saying about Israel Palestine let me just flip open to some random yeah. verse somewhere and go oh hey yeah there we go yeah. they're chosen and everybody else is the enemy and this is their land and so yep yeah that and so yep um, here's another comment he makes about the other when I say a comment a paragraph this could be a little bit controversial but <laughs> stay slow on your judgment be um quick to listen and slow to speak and um, if you are listening to this and you go whoa just think about it deeply for about six months and then get back to me <laughs> <laughs> is your inbox going to be so, full after this no, no but he says the, the other the other as African slaves or women or gays and lesbians or Palestinians is not a disposable presence what does that mean what he means is that you can't just do away with it Oh, because yeah. of your theology, because, because of your cultural perspective or your theological perspective. In other words, you can't just go, oh, those people, bah, piss off, right? Okay. Or oh, get out of here. Or they don't, they're um, not included so in So you can't just dispose of it. You can't go, ah, oh, I don't want to deal with that. Okay. Right? It is every time a real and durable presence that will not go away. Mm-hmm. So the other is a durable presence that will not go away. Proponents of the continuing racism racism in our society would, and obviously he's American, talking about American context, um, would would like blacks to go away. Churches that resist women in leadership would like for women to go away. <laughs> Much of society for a long time wanted gays and lesbians to go away. <clears throat> Hindus in India wish Muslims would go away. And surely Israeli Zionists want Palestinians to go away. Mm-hmm. Conversely, many Arabs wish Israel would go away. But they will not. <laughs> they cannot. And so room must be made. Mm. Making room for the other is a huge interruption of an absolutist claim. Wow. Bam! Boom! <laughs> so, the, uh, in wow. other words, yeah, what he's saying is that whatever category you consider the other to be, yeah, a they won't go away. They cannot go away, yeah. and therefore you must make room for them. Make room. Yeah. And 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 by making room means making debate. By making room means making space. Making space, you know, by. Being Making room means listening. It means being <laughs> hospitable, you know. Uh, it, it means being able to hear the other side of the story. Yeah. So I think what he's saying in here, you know, in regards to the Israeli and the Palestinian conflict is that Palestinians won't go away. And it's equally, the claim of good reading of the Bible and being a, mm. practicing good faith is to say to Palestinians, Israel can't go away. Yeah. Israel won't go away. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. On both sides. So, I mean, you said that that was super controversial, but I, 
that might be controversial to some pe- listeners, but but I but I hear that and go, that just sounds like Jesus to me, though. Like that shouldn't be. Actually, that shouldn't be prickly at all. That just should be where our heart sits all the time, right? Here's um here's another quote which he quotes another Walter Walter Harrelson basically says, um. <clears throat> We need to know that we are being drawn toward the day appointed by God when people will indeed avoid these prohibitions um, Mm -hmm. but will love God and neighbor. We need to feel the lure, the drawing power of biblical eschatology. In other words, he's saying that biblical eschatology, which eschatology means that, you know, the... The looking down towards the end. Oh, the end time stuff. The end time. Yes, I was just about to ask about this. So... um, this is this is quite revelationary to me. Is you know, in times traditionally has it, it has a, a cultural understanding of it about the end of the world destruction. Yeah. But essentially, what he's saying is that it's biblical eschatology is towards the love of the neighbor. Ooh, so in end words, times getting <laughs> getting rid of those things that refuse you to look at your neighbor. Wow, wow. So the oh, wow. end of things is bringing humanity. To a state in a stage of loving thy neighbor, because yeah, I was going to ask, loving the other. I know that it's a big deal in American. A lot of American churches, it's a it's a big deal around supporting Israel because of this whole because of an understanding of end times, like yeah, it's uh, true. right from a negative. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, but from an, yeah. but from this idea of like, well, we want Jesus to come back. I mean, this is very simplistic. Sorry, but we want Jesus to come back soon. And according to the Bible, he's not going to come back until this and this and this happens with Israel. So we want to politically support Israel doing what Israel does so that Jesus comes back yeah. soon. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it's very, that's a very crude yeah. explanation. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that is but, the case. Yes. But does he get into that? No, you know, at no, all? no, he, okay. no, he doesn't. He, he doesn't get into that. In time revelation interpretations, post millennial okay. millenniums, and all this sort of stuff. No, no. Yeah. Okay. talks about you know well what is the biblical claim of chosenness and essentially he says well you can't get away from it the bible actually declares yeah talks about the promise to israel israel is god's chosen people the bible uses that language yeah so um yeah so we can't get around that but then he talks about is that there's three other things that have claimed the word for biblical chosenness oh. Onto their own social frame, onto oh, their own social institution. Which are so the first one he says he's the quote is first the notion of chosenness has been adapted in the Christian movement. Yep. So that Jesus and the people around him, eventually the church, claim for themselves such a status. Okay, and so then when they look, so when we read back through the Old Testament stories, any time it talks about chosen, we kind of yeah. put ourselves into that. Yeah. Yeah. So what and, and what he's saying is that in today's term is that the church has taken the term chosen that the church is God's chosen people. Yeah. No longer Israel's God's chosen okay. people, 
but we are God's chosen people. Because we've been a, grafted a big fancy in. Fancy term suppressionism, which means basically we s- screw you, Israel. We're now the we're now the new God's, that so God's mean. chosen. I'm sure they wouldn't say it like that. They would say yes, that they would. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So he, so so Brueggemann goes in to talk about that. Okay. And so I'm not really going to explain it. Um, that one, the second one, the second claim on chosenness. He says this quote: Second. Any consideration of the notion of chosen people must reckon with the way in which the phrase and the idea have been taken up, taken up in U.S. history Uh-oh. as a way to understand and celebrate the United States. The claim of the chosenness of the United States, guaranteed by the providence of God, mm. is very old in our national self-understanding. It is as old as the phrasing of a quote, the city set on a hill, unquote, by the first governor among the Puritans. So what he's yeah. saying is to be a is to be an American Christian today well, American is to realize that the history of America over four hundred years has taken the term chosen. chosen. Absolutely. And we are God's That's part of our American we are psyche. God's chosen nation. Absolutely. So he's saying that if 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 we really want to be faithful and trying to interpret what the Bible is saying and what the term means for the Israel and Palestinian conflict, then we've got to wade through Which, the assumption that yeah. actually we've stolen that term. Well, you we, haven't. Ameri- yeah. Ameri- you're saying America, I've stolen that term. <laughs> <laughs> America has stolen that term yeah. in itself to be the chosen nation. Yeah, I don't think that's a New Zealand big issue. But when I when I hear that, I go, oh, man, as an American, I can see that through and through in the very fiber of our national being not yeah. just within the church yeah. either it's yeah. it's it's in our worldview yeah yeah so he goes on to say this um that that notion of you oh, I whistled, that notion of the united states as an exceptional nation mm. as the chosen of god has caused a confused sense of state and church that is often evident in the zeal for an american flag in church sanctuaries yep as though the linkage is essential and natural to a conviction of chosenness. Do you do you, under, do you, do you feel that or understand that as a Kiwi reading that? Because I hear that and I go, uh, I, I, so, you know what? I, I so feel a, that. Put this way, as a Kiwi, maybe not, but um, but because I've been to the States quite a few times and I've seen, I've, I've seen it well, maybe we do understand it with the fact of it's the Christian evangelical church that has voted Donald Trump, right? And this is not a podcast for or against Donald Trump, but what this is saying is that the church is associated with yep. a certain way of being. So I guess as New Zealanders, we might get that to a degree. To a degree. But I think, you know, um, I mean, I, I, I remember meeting uh, Greg Boyd mm. and him talking about how back in George Bush's running for president days, there was all these prom- promotional ter- materials that went around to pre- promote George Bush and then he said you know so they they asked churches to play this promotional video that had American military you know so the the side of American soldiers American guns tanks you know air air force you know so so that pro-America pro-military was being played in churches yet churches are supposed to be organisations that reflect Christ, who actually didn't take up a gun or a sword, but laid down his life. And so he was like, "Hang on a sec, this is jacked, right? This is this is wrong." So, I think 
you know, he, I mean, he had a thousand people walk out of his church when he protested I know, what's, the, what's, what's that book? Um, the Myth of a Christian Nation. Yeah, no, you, you, yeah. You, thought, you thought that earlier thing that you said might have been controversial. If we have any Americans listening, this is, that, that's going to, listen, it's, right. e- it's easy for you to talk about here, but you've got to understand from an American's perspective that it, it's so ingrained in us that being American and being Christian and being chosen both as a Christian and American is just, it's so intertwined. Right. That it's very hard for Americans to to separate that out right. because it's how it's how we grow up. Right. Like I didn't grow up like as a hugely, what I thought not a hugely patriotic family and deeply ingrained in all of that way of thinking. And yet, as i I've been away from America long enough that that what you're saying doesn't have any sting to me anymore. I can see it, but mm. I can also empathize with Americans to go it. It's when you when you when you raised in that it's really hard to see the difference. Yeah. You actually need to come out of your culture for a little while to be able to see how true that is, and how yeah. scary it actually is. How we've yeah. married those things. Mm. Our churches. We we take such pride in America of like separation of church and state, but actually, it's um, yeah. it's not as separate as we'd like to think. I think you know the third the third one that he puts in here is the is the poor. So a theological assumption that comes out of liberation theology from South America um, in the latter part of the um, 20th century is that the, the poor are God's chosen, oh, God's okay. chosen yeah, people. Wow. So, but what he's doing is that he's, he's looking at, well, who is actually a claim, claim, taking the claim of the term chosen? Yeah. So the church has done it, America's done it, and then a theological perspective of the poor are God's chosen. Yeah. Now, Again, it's not a matter of looking at right or wrong, yep. but it's looking about, well, that's what's happened. Yep. So all of these things get laid atop, upon what was really yep. spoken and then what, what that really actually means. To be ch- what does what, it mean? What does it mean to be chosen? And this is chosen for what? <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. So we, I kind of alluded to it before, but um, I mean, like the Abrahamic coven yeah. says, chosen to be a blessing to all nations, right? You're chosen to bless. Yeah. You're chosen to be hospitable. You're chosen to be generous. And um, he makes this point here. He says, In Amos 9-7, in which prophet intends to critique sharply the pride of Israel, he makes a claim that God enacts exoduses for other peoples as well for Israel. So here's what Amos wow. 9-7 says. Yeah. He says this, Are you not like the Ethiopians to me, O people of Israel, says the Lord? Did I not bring Israel up from the land of Egypt? And then he goes, and the Philistines <laughs> from Kafta, and the Arameans from Kerr. <laughs> and, the, and then Brug goes back to Brueggemann. In the latter lines of this poem, the prophet names ancient Israel's two most immediate enemies, wow. the Philistines and the Arameans, as recipients of God's deliverance. Wow. So he's saying that God delivers. Yeah. Um, Israel's enemies, you know, because Israel yeah. refused to, and essentially, be neighbors, right? Um, wow. Oh, anyway, Wesley goes on to say, he says this here, he says, the chosen must choose beyond their chosenness. Wow, that's big. So the role, yeah. If, if you want to have any relationship with God on, on a personal scale, then you're chosen so that you might choose others. Yeah, wow. 
Israel was chosen so that Israel might choose others and be neighborly. Yeah. So whoever wants to take the claim of chosenness, yeah. you're chosen to serve the yeah. other. Wow. Essentially is what he's saying, is that God's interpretation of the word chosen, to yeah. be chosen, is that he chooses you to serve someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, then that status of chosenness can be withdrawn. Yeah, right. it's conditional, isn't it? Yeah, it's like what you said before in the uh, last book. So, and yeah, this is what Brueggemann says as well in this book. He it's says, God's, um, it, um, the land is given by promise but held by condition. Yeah. And, you know, I just, you know, he makes this, I mean, while while the, the scriptures reveal the promised land and Israel was God's chosen, it also says this, I'll read this out. For the Lord your God who is among you, this is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, for the Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God and his anger will burn against you, pretty harsh, and he will destroy you from the face of the land. Ouch. So, like, that is a, that's a pro-Israeli verse. <laughs> like, think about it. If you actually think about it, that's God saying to Israel, look, if you don't, Follow the ways of righteousness, truth, and justice. I will, I will destroy you from the face of the land. Ouch. That's a promise. It's not a very fun one. No, it's not. It's not. But I'll, what 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 Brueggemann is making the claim is that you can't claim just solely the promised yeah. land and not realize what the, the conditions, conditions. Yeah. Which means that you might actually be be removed from the face. Um, one of the good things Brueggemann does in this book, which I really really appreciated, is that we can't just take biblical Israel. Yeah, and lump that on to the modern state of Israel and say those things are the same thing. Oh wow! Is the modern is the modern state of Israel right now, as in what has been defined, what has been established through the British part, government? Uh, okay. Back in the, like, is that what was the promise of Scripture? And I mean, he's saying no, no you can't just leap forth. Okay. Yeah. Like X amount There's of been thousands a, a of development. years and say this equals that. It doesn't yeah. equal. Uh, I mean, are there promises that can? Yes, there are. But then, essentially, they're not the same things. And Christ changes the way that we look through it. The things, yeah. the things are the same things. So, I, I mean, that was quite that was quite helpful. Yeah, okay. it's, it's just it helps you go. Actually, yeah, you you do look at you do have to look through it a bit differently than that. Um, should I finish off with this one here? Um, I think to say what it says, it says this: prophetic faith is characteristically contemporary in its anticipation of the purpose of God. Say it again. So prophetic faith mm -hmm. is characteristically contemporary in its anticipation of the purpose of God. So to be prophetic mm -hmm. is to be into the now with what the purposes of God are doing right now. Okay. Yep. Okay. It, it, it insists on truth-telling yep. that is attentive to bodily suffering. Ouch. That's good. Right. That's attentive to bodily attentive to bodily suffering. In other words, it's not just like you, it's not just airy fairy yeah. ideas. It's yeah right, and it refuses ideological pretenses. Hmm. It will tell the truth in the face of distortions that come with ideological passion and unrestrained power. When truthfulness about human suffering is honoured, new possibilities of a hmm. just kind can and do emerge. So what he's saying, oh, cool. you can't just you, true truth telling of the Israeli 
story will engage with Palestinian suffering. Absolutely, yeah, it has to. won't say that Israeli suffering is a um, is collateral damage or to the, the promises of God. The, that Palestinian suffering is collateral damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so you can't ju- you can't justify. Yeah, you can't justify it. So this kind of goes back to the fact that ancient Israel is not modern Israel, right? Because yeah. modern Israel is defended by not just political power in the United States of America, but big money. Yeah. Okay. Um. Um. And so, truth telling around this issue speaks to all of the ideal ideologies mm-hmm. that establish and create suffering. Yeah, wow. So, um, I think, I think what I got out of this book was this book critiques all sides. Cool. Wow. Um, it admonishes, reprimands both sides of the conflict. Mm. Um, it supports both sides of the conflict, <laughs> but. The way that it supports and the way that it challenges is by challenging you to look through your historical ideologies of how you interpret theology yeah. to mean, does that mean this? Because if it does mean this, then how can you say it means this when it's producing? When I say this, I mean modern times yeah. is producing suffering. Yeah, That stuff is producing an, un, you know, on for both reasons, for bad reasons on both sides. Yeah. So your def- your defense needs to speak into both situations yeah. in both contexts. That's the role of Christians today in this in this conflict. Wow. In this conflict. Yeah. So yeah. not being polarized and no fed no political answers. No. Uh, if you want to take the assumption that America is a chosen nation, mm-hmm. then you need to own up to your history, your story, your conflict of how you got to that point, mm-hmm. right? Do I think, you know, I, I mean, my ultra altruism believes that nations have incredible gifts within them yeah. that I could as resemble with chosenness, you know? So I don't, I'm not opposed to America or anyone using that word chosen. It just means what I'm opposed to then if you want to use that from a yeah. theological perspective you have to align yourself to the ways of Christ. Yeah. And what chosen actually means, exactly. according yeah. to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and not according, not according to the history of the Bible and the history of Israel, yeah. but according to Christ yeah. and his life. So, because he reinterpreted all of that anyway. Um, yeah, and the last thing I'll say about this book, Chosen, is that it then has a study guide, oh. a four-session study guide through each chapter. Let's do it. Which you can do in groups. Ooh. So there it is. Thank you. Yeah. That was great. I found this book to be very helpful. Can I read it now? Yeah.